Billy's willing to fight to save mankind. It's Cobra time. Make it mean when you step on the scene. It's the ever loving blue eyed thing. It's Cobra time. <laughs> And add this word to your vocabulary Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor I'm just the definition of a Bad boy, baby I'm a nerd overdrive I will always survive Bad boy, baby Feel so alive watching Babylon Fly It's going to be a bad boy, baby Making best friends Ooh, with a robot Bad boy, Podcast, and here's your host, Derek McCaw. This is indeed Derek McCaw, editor in chief of FanboyPlanet.com, and silently making a note to myself, which I'm now going to say externally, between my two announcers, one is legato, one is staccato. You're welcome for that music theory lesson. He paused too. That's very staccato. And we are talking... Well, now you throw me off. That was my fabulous announcement, our man in Los Angeles. I'm Nate Casa, and I've got Mary Jane looking at me weird because I've never done that in front of her before. Well, this is the first time for everything. And across from me, podcast producer and literal physical host of the podcast tonight here at the unnamed location we call... Well, it's not unnamed, but unlocated location we call The Brett Cave. Man of Mystery, Rick Brett Snyder. Yes, indeed. And we are podcasting on Thursday, April 9th, uh, a little after 8 o'clock. So any news that happens after 8 o'clock on Thursday, April 9th, we are not responsible for. We're going to talk about the last week. We've got some comics news. We've got some movie news. We've got some TV news. If you are listening to us, you have probably found us on one of... Uh, three sources. You probably found us on either iTunes, which if you did, please subscribe, tell your friends, and rate us because that's how we're going to rate us high. Get it? Rate, oh, please. We have very good reviews, uh, which you know I don't know if that helps to say. Oh yes, we're very well reviewed. We're critically acclaimed, yeah. uh, and we're critically acclaimed on the Stitcher app. Little as man well. standing on the chair. You clapping. can find us. That's only if you're in the Bay Area. That one <laughs> makes sense. Uh, you can find us on the Stitcher app. Same thing. Rate us, review us, tell us, tell your friends, and you can find us at www.fanboyplanet.com, where you can also find an Amazon link if there's something on the podcast that you've heard heard about that you want to get that you cannot find at your local small business. Please go ahead and utilize the Amazon link on Fanboy Planet because we get a very tiny kickback on that. And if you would just like to donate to Fanboy Planet, there is a PayPal link there. You like try it out? Hearing? It's fun. I think so. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they they they've caught on to me when I've donated to myself uh, <laughs> as well as Amazon. I you know I don't get any credit for it. But uh, those are those are ways to kind of give a little back. And you can uh, yes. I think that's what I'll go through into the comics news, the movie news, and the television news. And, of course, the big comic news is we've got a local comic convention coming up uh, in just a week and a half. Well, less than a week and a half now. In two weekends for us, the Big Wow Comic Fest is coming up with scads of comics guests. And I want to say I really like about com- about Big Wow is 
front and center. They have some celebrities. Uh, well, I should say they have some media celebrities, movie and TV. Jake Lloyd, I think we'd mentioned last week, uh, uh, the young Anakin Skywalker from Phantom Menace. Daniel Cudmore, who is uh, Colossus in the X-Men franchise. And, oh, now I'm blanking on who the third big one that they have there is. Oh. John Wesley Shipp. No, I wish it was. I But uh, you know what? I'll bet John Wesley Shipp's kind of busy right now, actually, uh, being on the Flash, uh, but he has been there before because he has relatives in San Jose. Yeah. But what I like best is actually, you know, you have those, and they're off to the side. It's still front and center are the comic book creators because that's why all literally these front and center. Yeah, Dave Gibbons is. Gonna, I think this is the first time Dave Gibbons has come up to San Jose, so very excited for that. Um, and uh, Neil Adams is coming back. Jim Steranko. Steranko was he? The, he wasn't there last year. I don't year. think he was. So I think this Steranko is, was not there last uh, year. So I think this is Steranko's first year. Of course, Mick Gray will be there. We love Mick. They announced Eric Larson will be. I know Eric prefers coming to these comics centric shows. Um, and they announced he's going to be there. They did announce he's going to be there. So <sighs> yes, and uh, and then uh, my friend Rob Worley, who has a great children's comic called Scratch Nine. Uh, and his graphic novel, The Revenant, has just come Draco back. Draco Malfoy print. was the other. That's uh, it. Tom that's Felton it. is yeah. going to be, you know, Dra- Draco Malfoy. So, ladies uh, and gentlemen, he'll be there on Saturday. So, there's a lot of cool so things. Evil. But what I like about the show is really it is it is. I think it is first and foremost about the artists and and the cosplayers who I consider artists. Some of the cosplay that I saw last weekend at WonderCon, art. Absolutely, and the cosplay we'll see at Big Wow will be. So it's a really fun it's, show to it's attend. It's still very family-friendly. They all want to be. Yeah, you but know? this one really still is carrying it off. It, it had it very very easily when it was a smaller convention, but it's grown exponentially each, the last right, couple of years. Right, and I, and, and I think they're all carrying it off. I think WonderCon's doing a very good job, although I will admit that a couple it's of the cosplays hard. I saw was a little... I, I saw some... Some pressed hams I did not expect to see, shall we say. Okay. Uh, you know, um, I was at one point walking behind a woman going, "That, th- those are amazing flesh-colored tights. Oh, no, that's actually flesh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, uh, all right. Uh, but uh, but Big Wow is uh, is definitely, you know, a mecca for cosplayers. With, and it, with a convention center that is spacious for cosplayers. I still kind of think that the Anaheim Convention Center, the way they've got it set up is is really probably the best I've seen, and that's just my personal experience. If anyone out there knows that uh, their local convention is, great. You know, Anaheim has us. a lot of um, incidental space, huge, big areas that are right. not, not necessarily a facility where you can just hang out and, and walk that's, through. And that's what happens, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's what I like about it uh, for, for cosplayers. It's really fun, and, and they've got this like, little kind of grotto. But we'll, we'll get to that in a moment because I want to uh, say, in an evening, though it is not related Though it is coincidence that's happening, uh, Symphony Silicon Valley reached out to me last week and said, "Hey, do you know any way we can kind of connect this with the comic convention that's going on in San Jose? Now they're doing Lord of the Rings in concert, the Symphony and and two choirs, a, a boys a children's choir and an adult choir professionally are going to sing live the score to the Fellowship of the Rings, the Two Towers, and Return of the King." Uh, the modern ring cycle uh, (laughs) in over four nights. Uh, So you you can have your choice of which films you see or a package of all three and you have to go three nights and see and... Three or four nights. Uh, well, they, I, they're doing, they're doing four nights, but I don't know what the fourth is, you know, so, um, 
Anyway, maybe it's whatever score they think is the best. It's all the extras on the DVD. <laughs> That's the longest of them all. It's a 15-hour concert, uh, and it's just under Peter Jackson saying, I'm neat. Uh, so... Anyway, you have that, and, and that's just a block away, really, from the convention center at the California Theater, and great restaurants around. If you're coming to Big Wow, and I do recommend it, I do all these shows, because we'll talk a little bit about WonderCon, because Nate and I were there, um, that I was talking to a lot of publishers, and it's like, it is getting exhausting for them, for how, and, and I don't mean that in a like, oh, they hate their jobs, in that just... You know, at some point, so many conventions. There are so many conventions because yeah. we had Emerald City Comic Con two weeks ago. Then we had, uh, you know, uh, we had WonderCon last weekend. This weekend, I think maybe Lying Fallow. Next weekend is both Big Wow. Where's Lying Fallow? And, the, and then next weekend is is both Big Wow and Star Wars Celebration. Back down at the Anaheim Convention Center, and. You know, and then there's even more. I just read another one's cropping up, and then from the outsiders, you know, this, as a, I've I've heard a lot from people, you know, that they all think if you're not into comics, it feels like it's all one big show. No one knows there's a difference, and it's sort of like if I if you were a 49ers fan or a Raiders fan, and I said, well, they're all the same. You know, the football team. You know, generic football team. Derek. I know. I I was doing that just Sports to upset you. Uh, you know. You know, I know. I know what I got right now was probably the look on your face when you realized that at the ESPN Sports Zone last weekend, your daughter was smiling at a picture of Kobe Bryant. Oh, God. <laughs> Can I, I want to take a second to plug before you get too far away from me. If you're at Big Wild this week, and if you go, if you go to the California Theater, or if you're at Big Wild, it's about a five-minute walk away on the first street, Cafe Stritch. No, who, in the article on the Lord of the Rings, I pointed Excellent. that out very well because I do think you know and I said that's a place They've where been we our occasionally, host before. Where we occasionally podcast from great place it's one of the many fine restaurants around but it's the one very, I tend to go to very inexpensive very good food and if you're still in town on that following Monday you can go to Cafe Stretch where we're doing our Shakespeareans oh, right. and I'll be that's reading right. the role of Buckingham in Richard III so I've been listening to all of Lindsay Buckingham's solo work <laughs> It has not really affected my take on the character. I see but anyway, you're walking out with a guitar on your back. Oh, that would be, I would probably irritate the director if I did that. I walk <laughs> in and I'm, I'm Buckingham. What? You know? Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, that's Big Wow coming up, and we'll be doing a lot of coverage there, and very excited about that. And I know Rick has a lot of fun uh, with taking photos of cosplay, but it's also fun to, I mean, last year, I don't know if they have something equivalent to this, but last year was the Batman Museum. Yeah. And, you know, it was great. We, we, you know, we talked about MeTV a couple of weeks ago and how when my brother turned on ba- Batman and the Batmobile came into view, I said, I just looked at Luke and said, you've touched that. And my brother went, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I said, yeah, we've, you know, Luke got to stand next to the Batmobile, the real one, you know, so um, that's cool. Anyway, we love, love Big Wow. And uh, there we go. So let's talk about WonderCon because it is in the news, at least from our point of view. It, it, this did not make the front page of CNN or no. anything, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, I think the Walking Dead finale did, but but not, not convention news. We had a great, I think, a great weekend. Nate, would you agree that it was a, that it was a fun con- uh, convention? Oh, very fun, yes. Yeah, and we did uh, we did say hello to Nate's brother Ben Costa. Of course, in in, uh, in addition to the great Pong, the Wandering Monk, he's also doing a, a doing a web comic called Rickety Stitch in the Latinus Cube. Cube goo goo because it can't be cube because you can't be cube because that's, that's the uh, 
that's I don't even know who owns it anymore. <laughs> well, we'll just say it belongs to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Whoever owns Dungeons and Dragons. So Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo is an online web comic. I believe it's ricketystitch.com. So uh, Ben and I talked about having Ben on the podcast soon, and we said, you know, but but since there's you know bad blood between the Costas, um, <laughs> I, I'm just going to start a rumor, see if that gets any attention to him, you know. Uh, but great, uh, great to see Ben and a lot of creators. And next, the next episode of the podcast, which again, in, in a strange way, we've already recorded, is interviews from WonderCon. So you can catch that on the next episode, including James Robinson, a very long. And revealing conversation. And when I say long, that's not a bad thing. It's just he's fascinating to talk to. Uh, and, and well as uh, cast and crew from um, Teen Titans Go. That so, one will be up about a week after you receive this one in the notifications you get. If you subscribe. If you subscribe. So please do. It's a free subscription. All right. But, but the convention itself, it was... Uh, there are things I just love about it, and I was mocked by Mike Rabel of Cinequest, you know, like, you know, you'll be back next year, and all all these conventions all the same. I'm like, no, each one has its own feel. And the thing, uh, you know, there were some issues. There were some very clear issues that didn't affect me, but I was aware of is parking became a problem. Uh, Disney some <laughs> learned from this, people. At some point during the morning of Friday, Somebody went to park at a Disneyland parking lot and said they were actually going to WonderCon. And so Disneyland shut down parking to WonderCon attendees. How did they know? Because a guy, because this guy said it. I mean, so how they did just, they know if you're going to WonderCon? We have a look. Um, <laughs> apparently, I learned this. And, and I, actually, Nate's wife is the one who, who told me is that uh, – that you know, if they drove up and they were dressed as a Disney princess and they weren't <laughs> going to the employee parking lot, they knew <laughs> because you're not allowed to cosplay in Disneyland. Which princess did you dress up as? Uh, I, I was I was Merida, you <laughs> jerk. Uh, of course, I represented the Scots. There you go. Uh, anyway, uh, so please, of course, and no, but we were walking behind a couple after uh, we we walked over to meet Jason and. And Sydney Salazar at, at Downtown Disney, and we were walking behind princesses, and I said, "Oh, you know, that's kind of." It. And then it came up that, "Oh no, they can't be." You know, they're clearly WonderCon people. They're not. So I'm sure Adults if you were in, cannot go dressed as princesses, no, or probably any character really. I don't think you can risk a Gaston either. So I would say that's how they knew. If people were driving up in costume, find parking elsewhere. So that was problematic. People were having tr- having ah, trouble yeah. uh, finding parking. Um, so that was an issue, but oh, and and then I don't know if they were Westboro Baptist. Everybody knee jerkedly says that they want oh, to do the yellow and black in front, but they changed where they set up uh, stanchions and gates, uh, and they push kept pushing it back because they wanted the cosplayers in particular to be able to just. Also, I I was using the word promenade in their costumes on the fountain, right? And in the little uh, and in the little glade that they've got off to the side. So, so if you didn't have a badge, you couldn't get into that area. Right, right. excellent. So they pushed yeah, it they back. did have that. Push it all the way back to times. Orange County. But they, uh, you realize that already? That is that in still Orange is County. Orange County. <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <Yeah. laughs> uh, Rick, like myself, was an English major, but did not minor in geography. No, no, I was born in L.A. I didn't go anywhere near San- Anaheim. Anyway. Uh, so, uh, they were still there haranguing the food trucks, but, uh, but actually, you know, I, I, I want to <laughs> Satan's meat. Oh, I, you know, 
the second day, I was walking in, and I mean, I'm from my because I was staying in the Marriott, and I could, I could hear from the tower already, you know, in the morning that they were already out there with their megaphones, megaphones. And then they kind of pulled back from the megaphones, and they started engaging people. And I overheard; I wasn't going to engage, but I overheard some of the conversations, standing in line for the food trucks and so forth. And they actually seemed pretty civil about it. It was why I don't think it was the Westboro Baptist Church. No, okay. it definitely was not. You know, so um, they were very intense. Well, the ones, the West, the, the, you can tell the Westboro Baptist because they use foul language. I mean, words, yeah, they, words they that you can't say on television. Uh, that I, I don't know. I've never really encountered them then. Yeah. But, you know, these guys were haranguing me as I was walking and going, you're living in a fantasy land. You guys are dopes. And I'm like, you think that we're walking into WonderCon across the street from Disneyland? Shall I read to you from the Old Testament? Not aware that we're living in a fantasy land? Um, you know, shall I read to you from the Old Testament? That's why we're here. That's why we're yeah. here. But I give points to creativity because one of them had a sign in which the Hulk was kneeling down before the cross and they say, Hulk, repent. Hulk, sorry. I'm like, look, you at least tried to engage us in yeah. our terms. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I give points to that. And, you know, again, I don't. This is sort of like, and not to get political, but you know, but there were, there was obviously some big political religious outcry last week in Indiana. We talked about that yeah, yeah. a little bit. You know, I don't begrudge anybody having their point of view. It's, it's the civility I want to see. You have the right to assemble. You have the right to protest. When you're shouting over and ruining everybody's time, that's when I got an issue. You know, and so I mean, I, I thought these guys were actually pretty civil, probably because there were probably security guards talking to them too but again i thought they were engaging in a respectful way um you know despite the picketing you know and then there was a stormtrooper with vader as lord and uh you know and that happens and i'm That's like nice you know and, and then when kids are coming in with their you know with their galactuses and I, i'm like don't get your small child involved in this you know <laughs> it's just, just don't let them have innocence i mean those are just only my opinions and you can argue with me at editor at fanboyplanet.com but uh you know i i appreciate there was a distance so you could see these people having fun with cosplay i love i don't really go to the big panels i think the biggest one i went to is the the netflix dragons the next dragon series uh-huh. and there's some really hardcore fans uh and i'm not saying because obviously we're all hardcore fans of something uh i had not realized that the how to train your dragon tv show had gathered so much fandom. Oh, yeah. It was really good. I people mean. are asking questions about the next one that's going to Netflix directly. DreamWorks yeah. is going to take their... Not only that, I've got a beautiful... I got mail on that this morning. I've got a beautiful, beautiful print. They gave everybody a print of, the, of one of the new dragons. Yeah. Uh, a concept sketch. Okay. So, beautiful there. And then everybody... Looks almost daffinous. Yeah, and and everybody, got, everybody got three free months of Netflix if they attended. Sweet. So that you could, you know give it a try wow. and watch i haven't seen if i can apply it to my account yet but uh i was i i thought well that's pretty sweet you know they want people to watch and it looked fun you know i i'm noticing this that when you have television um television computer animation it's very rare that it doesn't i mean you may not have as much attention as the film but the difference is only sl- is slight enough that you can still enjoy it whereas sometimes you watch hand-drawn and you know oh, yeah, tv animation it's you rougher. know um yeah, because I saw the the new kids uh, Warner Brother thing, the Batman Unlimited movie, Batman Unlimited Animal Instincts, definitely okay. an ad for a toy line. I have no problem with that; it was fun. But there are always strange pauses in all those uh-huh. with the hand drawn, and I don't know what 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 that is coming from. But uh, that was actually a pretty fun movie. If you have kids in particular, it's a family friendly Batman, 
And as much as I love and I'm looking forward to on Tuesday, Batman versus Robin coming out, yeah. and, I, and I love those movies, I always have to think twice even with my 11-year-old. Do I want to? Do we want to watch this? Is he going to be okay with it? I want well, to. You got to screen. You have to screen. Yeah, and Batman. Uh, I can tell you all, Animal Instincts. If you've got a kid, they're going to enjoy it. And and yet, it's also a gateway drug to their CW shows because it's Batman, Nightwing, Red Robin, not Robin, Red Robin, and uh, with Penguin as the villain. Uh, so you've got your little Gotham, Gotham tie-in yeah. and uh, Flash and Arrow and Green Arrow, but, <laughs> but Green Arrow looks like Arrow. So you yeah. know, it's like, but it's still the comic book version in a fun way. And and, they, and Batman wears about three costumes. I'm like, oh yes, three different action figures. Excellent. Yes. yes. Um, hmm, good. 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 Well done. Well played. You know, and and I thought I'm not going to be upset about that because let's face it, people. I know a lot of people that talk about what a classic show, He Man and the Masters of the Universe, are is, and that frankly. I, I admit, I enjoy that show. I never bought the toys. But look, that whole show only existed is the most naked attempt to sell a toy line right. in history. So Wasn't uh, Transformers like that too? Yes. Yes. You know, uh, but I think, and G.I. Joe. Yeah, but it. I think He-Man yeah. came first. I'm pretty sure Did you're it? right. Yeah. And so uh, Transformers might have been in Japan. I uh, love T-Man. I know you do. I know. I know. I used to go crazy when it came on. I would jump on the couch and do flips over the back of the couch. I was so excited. Wow. <laughs> Nate Costa. He, he, Master Universe turned Nate Costa into Tom Cruise. Yes. So that's, wow. Uh, no, I, you know, and, and and that's all right. I'm just saying, you know, I, I don't object to a toy line as long as it's appropriate to, you know, what 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 the characters are. And I'm glad for family-friendly Batman. Yeah. And so, you know, that was fun. I saw a spotlight panel on, on Len Wein. I didn't get a chance to talk to Len, but having just come through bypass surgery, he looks really good. Okay. I'm very, very pleased of that. And I believe I uh, had a little conversation with Tom Galloway. Uh, we presume that we, uh, Len and I will be facing off at the Pro Fan Trivia Contest again this summer at Comic-Con. Oh, wonderful. Yes. And Len's been taking improv classes, so this could be very interesting. Cool. That's on Sunday, right? On Sunday. It's usually yeah. the last panel of the day. But, you know, uh, sorry, listeners, no programming has been confirmed. None. In right. fact, they're still taking submissions. So I don't know that for sure. We for just Traditionally, it's on Sunday. For Comic-Con. It's traditionally been. Uh, so there, we've said that correctly. And it's true. I, I don't know that for sure. I'm just hoping it happens again. I'm going to try and fly out a lot later on Sunday than I usually because do. Because I, I certainly enjoy it. I always miss that. I, I enjoy having it. You know, I, I get an annual conversation. Like I get an annual conversation with Dave Gibbons. It'll come early this year because of Big Wow. But, you know, that I like just having an annual Stand around and see how Len Wein's doing, you know. So uh, that was fun. And those panels are all, you know, there's some interesting stuff. And, again, what I love about WonderCon is the way they've got that hall, it's like a subdivision into three different sections. Mm -hmm. So not only is it not as busy as Comic-Con would be, it doesn't feel as big. And then you have to turn a corner and you see, oh, there's another section. And so... So do they use the, the, the north end, the big hall of that? of that for any programming <laughs> was that a yes or no on mary jane's part i don't know she was there i know she was she was there. squeeze the baby again <laughs> no <laughs> see she heard you i know i know rick no anyway um so 
Oh, now she's happy. Uh, so, like the big, I've always I've wondered about that before because it, it could be the the equivalent of their Hall H kind of thing. There are big. Oh, that's the arena. What do they call it? They call it the arena. That's yeah. where they do the big. Like, what if there's a movie preview? They showed Flash episodes. I think. There. Okay. Um, and an iZombie preview. There wasn't a lot of movie stuff this year. Warner Brothers brought out uh, Mad Max and um, San Andreas. And they had it, what they claimed was the 4D experience of San Andreas, but it was really sense around, uh, you know, for just the trailer. Oh. So it wasn't particularly well attended. It's a great improvement over, for those of us who remember sense around. Yeah. It's a great improvement over what sense around was. There right. were smaller speakers. The shaking is directly in the seats. Uh, and the guy said, I talked to him really briefly, didn't get a, you know, an interview, but he said that, 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 that they've built this trailer so they can take it around the country. And do they rent these traders out for private screenings and private screening rooms? And so they're already tricked out with whatever you want to do. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting. So when this thing comes out in the theaters, is it just going to be woofers? Or I don't is- I don't know if they're gonna have a 4D experience in theaters. Okay, uh, but they wanted to give you a little something extra at Comic Con because they've done that before too. I mean, yeah, yeah, but this subsonics. And so stuff. The, the, you know, did San Andreas look good? It looked more like terrifying to me, uh-huh. as it's like, oh yes. I've been to that landmark that's crumbling and the earth is about to split. Well, what was the other movie that was like that with... Uh, Earthquake? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, the one uh, uh, where it's with the arcs at the end that they've they've been oh, God, making. Uh, not the, was that the day after tomorrow? No, no, no. The no, day it after was, tomorrow was when it froze. It was uh, the one about the no, I know Mayan uh, 2012. 2012. It was 2012. Yeah. <sighs> Thanks. And who was the... That's the, my Jonah Hex. It was um, uh, the guy whose sister is also an actor, actress. Actor. John Cusack. Yeah. John Cusack, yeah. Yeah. No, please. I sat through that. That was horrible. Uh, but but it's, Although it did prove that Woody Harrelson can make anything he's in watchable. Yeah. Because if you just gave me a supercut of Woody Harrelson, I'd be fine. <laughs> that would have been a fascinating 10-minute movie. Anyway, uh, so when the San Andreas thing, it was kind of interesting. Uh but but because it's subdivided out of that you can re- and and DC and Marvel aren't there. They're smaller publishers. You can find a lot of different things that you probably wouldn't, and you can focus on artists and small press and a lot of Etsy crafts. And I I one thing I put up there is this company in LA that makes wood frames for your glasses, and you can print artwork directly on. And then discovered that David J. Fowley, who sometimes uh, contributes movie reviews out of Chicago, he has a pair. He has some Daredevil Maz- David Mazzucchelli uh, artwork on his nice. on his thing. So he's gone there. To me, they're a little pricey. But then I was talking to the guy, and he said, you know, if you're if I guess really, if you don't have Kaiser or Costco, they're actually pretty. They're actually relatively inexpensive. If you don't, it, it's perspective. It's okay. perspective. Like for what I would spend on glasses, right? It's because more than I would it's, spend. It's what your frames are partially covered through insurance, and right, if you right. don't have insurance for vision, then they're pretty much equal to whatever those. Yeah, got it. Right, but they're wood frames. They're cotton, cotton fiber cellulose, so they're essentially biodegradable. When your glasses break, you know, in, in a few years, they will. You, you can know, burn them. You could for, for heat because we'll have to because yeah. uh, the ice age is coming, people. I've seen San Andreas in 2012 and the day after tomorrow. Uh, oh, Lord, no, I haven't seen San Andreas. But I will. It's the end of May. It's The Rock. How how bad can it? It's going to be cheesy it's gonna fun. Be bad. <laughs> it's going to be cheesy fun. Okay. Uh, so anyway, it well, was. The Rock will stare San Andreas back into place. Oh, I would love that. Just 
Okay. So scowl. Raise you one smell eyebrow. What the fault is cooking? Uh, so yeah, there. You know, I guess point being, there's not a lot of Hollywood presence. There's a lot of TV because right now there's a lot of TV that's superhero oriented, comic book oriented. There was I Zombie. There was Arrow. There was Flash. Uh, you know, the D- DC animation. Uh, not a lot of Marvel presence, but it's okay. Um, and uh, you know, again, a chance to just find these interesting nooks and crannies when we talk about what's in the bag. You know, I'll talk about some of the things that I found from smaller publishers. They're big publishers, but I just you just don't pay attention to them because you're busy like going boom, boom, boom. It's DC's booth. Oh, what is Marvel giving away? You know, and and it's like oh, nice. So Marvel and DC were at WonderCon. No, they were not. They were not. They were not. There were some... Neither one of them. No, even Brian Michael Bendis, and I love this, following him on Facebook, he was posting photos from Disneyland all day Friday and Saturday. <laughs> so he brought his family down. He actually came down to talk about the Powers TV show okay. on Sunday. So he took his family to Disneyland Friday and Saturday, posted photos all day long, and then and then went to that went to the Powers TV show panel. And it was like, so not a Marvel presence. Sam Humphreys, who writes Nova, and a few, uh, I think one of the Guardians, one of the dozens of Guardians of the Galaxy book, books, um, he was at the... Uh, so it was the boom booth uh, dressed as Prince. And so I had no idea who it was until, wow. until somebody, I think Mel Kahlo said, yeah, Sam Humphrey, Humphreys, he tweeted out, you know, Sam Humphreys really rocked his Prince costume. Showed up. I was like, wow, that was a pretty dang good, good uh, costume. Um, you know, so. But the, okay, so Marvel is not going to Comic-Con. That is the rumor. Okay. Is it Marvel films or Marvel altogether? See, we don't know. It was a combination booth. Last time, I mean, hasn't always been a combination booth. Or? Twice before, Marvel has skipped. Yeah. Uh, once it was a financial thing. They were getting back on their feet. They had not yet launched Iron Man, and they just said they got to cut their losses and see. Right. And they teamed with Wizard, and so their talent came out and was at the Wizard booth. They didn't have a booth. The other time that they did not have a booth was the su- first summer they ran D23. That's right, yeah. And uh, so, well, what's happening this summer? D23. D23. So the the only real source we have on Marvel not being there is James Gunn said it. Mm. So Marvel themselves have not said whether or not they're going to be there. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I was expecting that they wouldn't because of D23. And that doesn't necessarily mean a lot of the talent won't be there because they can get... They'll be there for other films. ...accommodation for... Well, they could still get accommodation from... Uh, Comic Con, if they're going to be on panels or stuff, but if they didn't, if there's not a panel about the movies, right? Then they have no reason to be there. Uh, so unless they're promoting another film, like last summer when uh, I ran into Lee Pace in an elevator, he wasn't there for Guardians of the Galaxy, which opened a week after yeah. Comic Con. He was there for The Hobbit, and there was no Guardians of the Galaxy presence. So you know, here's the reality. As much as we don't want to admit this, Marvel doesn't need it. Yeah, I agree. You know, they got Age of Ultron. Maybe, maybe they should they should shrink Paul Rudd and and expand him on stage and do an Ant Man thing. But you know, they don't need it. I have to admit that uh, now I haven't gone for a couple of years. But last time I went, I didn't really get that much out of the Marvel booth. I got a T shirt. Yeah, and I saw some of the games that they were coming out with. But that was about it. I they, paid very little attention to the Marvel did, booth, they honestly. They did shows. They brought people up and they were in costume and that was about I, well, it. Well, I think that's fun. If you, you know, and that's, again, our perspective. You know, people like us 
It's not four. The more the Comic-Con becomes, the looky-loo, the people that are trying to get in, it's already happening. And so, you know, I'll put it on the podcast, but people that listen to the podcast aren't people that are coming to me for this. Is like, I have no pool. We barely got, you know, the passes we got this summer. But I've been asked from a variety of sources already, um, you know, can you pull any strings? What can you do? We only got one t- one day for Comic Con and only two tickets this day, and you know, it, it's hard. Yeah, and no, I, we don't have any special. I don't know who does have any special power. You know, I do. Nate does. Okay, <laughs> no, I know who has special power. Oh, okay. Yeah, who has special power? Nate, David Glanzer. He won't take my know. calls. Nate I can't don't know say. Who David Glanzer. No, it's the uh, it's the people that are higher-ups in the entertainment industry. No, that's, sure, that's sure, true, sure. and they take big blocks, and, and I get that, because the more that Hollywood needs that, you know, and so uh, that they use it for promotion, and the thing is, what one, Hollywood comes down, and then, you know, as Cardi Angels pointed out to me, like, um, if Fox uh, comes down and, and has a big thing panel with their, with their movies, well, what that actually provides is that every Fox News affiliate all all week long you know, has footage advertising their Fox movie or their Fox TV show right. that appeared at Comic-Con. You know, and I saw this same thing happening even at WonderCon. You didn't see news crews interviewing the people that weren't dressed up. You know, so... Uh, right. All the local things go WonderCon and it's all people in costume. Yeah, that's the impression that people have. You know, when, you I, say you're going to, when you say you're going to Comic-Con... The the next thing out of uh, a normal person's mouth is, what are you dressing as? Right. You know, I'm a dressing as me. We have to come up with a fun name for normal. I can't use muggles because that's no. for Harry Potter. You know, norms. Uh, so uh, when the norms ask, you know, but but that's the thing is, so if Marvel has a booth or, you know, anybody has their booth, it's for people that are going to, this is their once in a lifetime where, where Comic-Con has become almost like their Disneyland. They've got their ticket for one day to get yeah, in and yeah. see. And I don't, so I don't go to the Marvel. But booth. the good thing, the good thing for those people is there's a lot of stuff happening in the Gaslight District that isn't related to Comic Con. Gas lamp, gas district, lamp. Gaslight. Yeah, Gaslight District is where you get slaughtered by that, a serial killer in the fog. Yeah, uh, the Gas Lamp District. But like, uh, have we heard anything from um, Nerd Central or uh, Nerd HQ? Nerd HQ or uh, Geek and Sundry? Geek and Sundry. Nothing yeah. yet. Uh, the people have done it before. Well, but here's the again, it's too soon. Yeah. Comic Con themselves haven't settled on their programming, so they can't speak to it. Uh, no one can speak to it. I and mean, everybody's on on if anybody does know, and again I want to stress I don't know anything, uh, but if anybody does know, they're kind of Comic Con has asked I knew this from years past, they ask you don't say anything until they're about ready their to programming. Uh, you yeah. know, they don't want that comp they want it all to kind of, you know, I'm surprised, though, because I would think that if you're going to take enough space like Geek Central does, um, that you'd, you'd have taken it by now. You'd have a you'd have contracts in hand to, oh, they probably to secure do, that but, space. But Comic-Con is asking that you just keep it quiet until right. they're ready. You know, they but these guys aren't related to Comic-Con. No, they're not, but it can be made difficult. Things can be made difficult. Okay. You know. <laughs> you don't rock the boat in Comic-Con well, City. But I kind of believe that. Yeah. You know, especially if Comic-Con, you know, Comic-Con brings I, I, how many hundreds of millions of dollars in the San Diego economy. Yeah. It's not just Comic-Con. You break that, you know, the city could say, hi, they're the reason. The only reason you're here is because of Comic-Con. Yeah. 
you know, we can make it difficult for that business to to do business if you, you know, there are ways. There are ways. And as much as I loved WonderCon in Anaheim because you can go during the day and then you walk across the street and you go to Disneyland or downtown Disneyland or California Adventure, um, WonderCon is on the move again. It's going to go to the Los Angeles Convention Center for one year because the that's what they say, but that's what they said about Moscone. Right. And that's my only fear. Uh is that Anaheim, um, the convention center needs to do, an, is doing an expansion and a, a refurbishment. And uh, so... I just want to see, if you keep moving up the coast, you know, next year, Bakersfield. If you get back then, up, nobody's going to go to Bakersfield. <laughs> <Then> Monterey, <laughs> San Francisco. Is there a nice place in Monterey? No, you do something on the beach. It's like... Beach There's a, There are hotels that have small convention centers. Yeah. Make it old school. A Bubba Gumps, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, I love mm. Bubba Gumps. Yeah, do it on the wharf. Yeah, there we go. Uh, the Monterey Bay Aquarium have a special Aquaman exhibit uh, or Namor. I would buy a ticket for that. Oh, I totally would too. Uh, but uh, anyway, so they're going for one year up to the Los Angeles Convention Center, and here are the realities. If we thought that parking sucked before, uh, <laughs> it's g- g- going to be even worse at, at L.A. Uh, the hotels are problematic. You know, because I want to say this, because the demand apparently is not so high for WonderCon, it's like I almost don't I almost don't want to tout the convention because I don't want to ruin this best-kept secret, you know. You know that, but when you consider hotel prices, comparatively, what I would consider the most expensive hotel offering for WonderCon is still less expensive than the cheapest hotel offering for Comic-Con. Okay. Yep. And... You know, so it's like, it's just a great experience. And that's Anaheim. I am afraid of what will happen in L.A. I'll go. Yeah. And I'll see what it is. But I've attended an E3 at that convention center. And the problem is, with the kind of footprint that WonderCon has, uh, and not just the footprint, but the kind of programming it has, well, my Fitbit is going to get a lot of work. Yeah. Because you've got a, you've got an exhibition hall, and all your rooms for panels will be on an overpass in another completely right, right, different right. building, and you're going to be running back and forth. And I think they're going to find, and I think this is one of the arguments against moving Comic Con to Los Angeles for the same thing. It's not a convenient place to go. It's not a great setup. It's big, but it's not a great setup. It's terrible. And, and so you know, and it's a lot more accessible to a lot more people you, who will. You then can't flood the park, yeah, on a regular day with just the people that are in town normally. How are you supposed yeah. to, be able to do it? Yeah, with a million more people in one condensed area. I have no idea. I mean, I do remember parking at E3, and that was like seven or eight years ago that I went to an E3, um, and it was terrible. I you know, but I I don't know. I'm just uh, nobody's particularly happy about it. I totally understand. And the other problem is, they said like they've been promising for two years, we're not going to do WonderCon on Easter weekend again. So when is it next year? Easter, Easter weekend. weekend. Uh, so you know, I can't take. I keep promising my son that this next year would be the last year. I think he could get in for free, um, regardless of like, I wouldn't have to get him a ticket. Just show up and say, can he, can we badge him? Yeah, you know, and. Um, but it's Easter weekend. It's not, you know, that's that's with family. That's that's with, yeah. you know, his mother's family and cousins. And 
So, and he, he gets that, but it's kind of, you know, it's kind of a bummer for me that it's like, uh, I really would like to take him to WonderCon because it's a good way to ease him in because mm-hmm. he really wants to go to Comic-Con, but there's no way he'd last. I'm, I'm impressed. You know, Jason Salazar took Sydney and she did a little video blog, which we ran on, on Panboy Planet. Okay, look, he edited. I'm not going to get, you know, she's precocious. But her editing skills are crap. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she can't cut scenes. No, nah, uh, not nah. worth crap. Nah. Uh, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, but I'm I'm amazed that she lasted as long each day as she did, and that's not a girls the, got stamina. The girls, well, they just spent a lot of time at Disneyland, but that's okay. I mean, that's what makes it great. You can go to spend a lot of time sleeping as well. There are a lot of those photos. True. Yeah, true. yeah, yeah. So um, we don't see those on the blog. No, or the vlog. No, because they're not interesting. So anyway, that's the convention news for the moment. I uh, do have one piece of big wow news. Oh yeah, sure. I'm looking at the floor plan after you said Eric Larson's going to be there. Eric Larson will be sitting next to friend of the program Mick Gray. Oh nice. And Al Gordon. For a second, that's there, all. I that's processed all. Al Gore, and then I was like, "That's amazing!" <laughs> An inconvenient comic. <laughs> You know, if Al Gore really wanted to talk to people now, that's the way to do it. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a totally different issue. But, yeah, comics are reaching deeply. Uh, anyway, we do want to point out not only that, uh, you know, that female readership has been proven to go up, uh, in particular in digital, because Comixology released their figures for last, their sales figures for last month. And they had offered a two-for-one sale. And the top ten are all Marvel books and uh, two, uh, three of them are Star Wars, but the others are all female leads. It's Silk, the number one book on digital sales last month. The new was Spider Silk Man number one. Title. The, the well, let's call her the Spider Woman. Let's be fair. We're talking about it's a female. I don't lead. think she's actually come in contact with Spider Woman. Yes, she though. has. What in the Spider yes. Verse? That doesn't count. No, they all came together. <laughs> I know it does count. Uh, she's a clone of Peter. She's not a clone. Who's a clone? Silk's not a clone. Silk's not a clone. Wait a minute. Which one's a clone? No, Silk. That's the Ultimate Universe. Ultimate Universe is, uh, yeah, no, there is no. Spider-Woman. Black Widow in the Ultimate in Universe the Ultimate is a universe. clone. Silk was bitten by the same spider, and she's been in hiding, or she's been cloistered away. I thought that from she the was one of, okay. She is not. See, I, that's, a, that's a whole, they, they, that whole line before that was a, I have those books, but I put them away and I had not read and them. Once again, Rick filling the Lon Lopez role of speaking without having any idea. Uh, no, but I read. Uh, no, I read the. I read the lines where where she was coming out of hiding, but I thought that was tied into the Clone Saga. I thought she was another no, clone. Okay. No, no one wants to tie into the Clone Saga. No, no, they've learned. Oh no, they're doing it again. No, I know they actually. Well, they and they and Kane survived yeah. the Spider Verse after dying. Uh, so Silk is number one. Star Wars number two is number two, and. Uh, Darth Vader, number one, is number three. Star Wars, number one, is number four. Uh, there are four issues of, Mar- of Ms. Marvel in the top ten. Everything else is female leads. And Thor, right. And that's the point, is that they, they is that you've got to realize there's a big readership, big female readership. They're online. They're reading digitally. And which, this is not sexist. They have proven this, that women do not have that urge to collect the way that men do as an overall statement. I look around and I go, there's a very small collection in the Brett Cave, which none of you will ever see, that is that is clearly Debbie Brett Schneider's. But statistically in this room, when I look at things that are clearly collections, 
the wine belongs to both of you. But everything else, it's a majority of Rickness. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> That's hers right there. Oh. That one book you pointed to? No, yeah. that whole, it's all steampunk. It's Gail Carriger. Oh, okay. So there's two cases of uh, two bookshelves of stuff uh, that belong to Debbie. Yeah. Uh, and then an entire room dedicated to Rick. Uh, we share. I do think the statue is a bit much. We share. Yeah. Uh, sure. Uh, so, uh, you know, again, female readership is high, but it's digital. And, and the other thing is uh, that everybody's looking for a bargain. Their sales went up when they offered a two for one. And the trade of Ms. Marvel right now, the 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 trade of the most recent Ms. Marvel, yeah, uh, the first one, I think it's like it's either I want to say it's two fifty, but it may have been four dollars for that trade digital. It's uh, it's quite a bargain for if you're curious about that character. Well, and that's the thing is you talk about your build it, you will come, yeah. and we'll and we'll go through our you know a little bit of the what's in the bag. But like I I knew this and I put it aside. But today when I rang up and I hadn't gone to the store, you know, it was two weeks worth. And realizing, okay, I spent four ninety nine on convergence uh, for just one issue. Um, I got the death of Deadpool number two fifty, uh, number two hundred and fifty, which was ten bucks. Mm. And I just picked it up and didn't even look at it. I'm like, come on, guys! Um, now, and, and I, I'm at that point where I know a lot of these are going to be boxed up. A lot of them are going to be recycled, um, probably because I just don't think they, it does not the value it once did, partially because of trades. Um, but if I had a viable, I, I I just don't a viable device with which to read comics, and I wouldn't feel, and if I wouldn't feel guilty about doing taking money away from people I like uh, at the store, yeah, uh, I would go digital, and and just pick it up. If you would say, say it, sell it to me for a buck, uh, four bucks for a trade paperback, I'll do that. You know, I get six issues for four bucks, I'll do that. You know, guys, I I realize that there's all kinds of reasons. And market forces driving this, but you, we are reaching a point. You're, we're pricing ourselves out again. I'm also convinced that you can read them faster on a on an iPad because the way the the way the paneling works now, uh, the text is larger. You're more focused on the on the the panel is is larger, so it's easier to process. And I went through a comic and probably about maybe half or maybe three quarters of the time I, it takes me to read paper. I can believe that. I, you know, I, I see exactly what you're saying, and uh, that sells me a little more. Um, you know, if I had a device again, and it was a panel on the screen, just one panel. Oh, don't need that new prescription. Yeah. Uh, so, um, but speaking, trying to save print is uh, Brian Hibbs, who runs Comics Experience in San Francisco. It's kind of a mid-sized uh, store, and uh, they're offering a graphic novel club. Uh, which is kind of a, a new concept, but in this age of of nerd block and uh, uh, all the different boxes, boxes that are coming, you know, I we didn't talk about it last week, but you know that Marvel's gone into into deal with a with a men's clothier to do a clothes box every month of Marvel themed nice things like you can get a sweater, like a sport coat with a inner lining. We need help being looking more nerdy in our day to day life. Well I've I've thought especially with how cool some of the her universe stuff is, like I wish yeah. it was more subtle like right now I'm wearing my polo shirt with Batman. Right. I wish there was more stuff like this. Yeah, it's very subtle. Well it's you know this but I mean it, it it's it's ingrained in better than having a T shirt with Batman. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Is is what I mean. No, I, I'm serious. This is, it not is very a, subtle. this is not a subtle bat but it's fr- a lot more subtle than if you're wearing a Batman t-shirt, any right. Batman t-shirt. Or a cowl. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Your cowl, you should not wear that anymore. You should. 
this was the last podcast. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so uh, so they're doing a buck, sixty bucks a month for for Marvel doing that. So now there's this, you know, so having a club makes sense. And what will happen is. I'm sorry that it got tied in politically. I think it's a cool idea, but it got tied into politics is that uh, San Francisco is raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. So they made a big deal out of if you want to save this store and look, people, I I get it. But the reality is a lot of comic stores are on the teetering on the edge anyway. Uh, And I'd I'd love to see comic experience survive because I love reading uh, Brian Hibbs's insights on comic book resources with the, uh, a column he writes called Tilting at Windmills. But it got tied into, this is the way to save it because I can't stay open if I'm paying people a higher you know, living wage. This is the wage. second time I've heard this from a small... Uh, and what border, was the other one? The Borderlands science, in San Borderlands. Francisco. So he took they the same a, thing from Borderlands. They did a Kickstarter, though, right. to get to sell people a, a preferred status in the store. Right. And so you get it like advance notice so of So he was inspired in this. And, and yeah. the graphic novel club would be $15 a month. And uh, the staff will select one graphic novel each month, and it's like a wine club. You'll be given uh, a graphic novel to read, and they will have a a, a, discussion a group. user's group, a discussion group, all kinds of support with it. Look, I'm all for building the community. Yeah, and sounds fun. You know, it, it does. It's like I said, I... I, I uh, I'm just sorry that it took something like this, whether I agree or disagree with the profitability uh, of, of that higher minimum wage, uh, that to do something that builds community, because that's what really saves a store. Mm-hmm. If you have a big community, if people like supporting it, and I think there's some pushback in this world, you know, like apparently malls are having issues because who's going to stores anymore. But but in our world, you know, uh, in comics and, and, if, and I'll bet record stores would probably come back if... Uh, you know, you had a record club and people were coming, you know. Um, so we shall see. It'll be an interesting experiment. I wish that I was closer to San Francisco. I, I would be interested in, in trying it. Uh, we shall see. Um, and now it is time to play Nate. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? So, Nate, what's in your bag? My bag contains Walking Dead number 140. Lewis Stone Cologne, that was for you. <laughs> Are we gonna- uh, The group has split apart, and they're, we're seeing them come back together in slow but uncertain ways. I see. Big revelation this week. Was heard, there a big revelation I this week? I heard rumors there were, but... There were, mean, I mean, I guess. Didn't mean much to me. We got to talk about the season ending. It's been long enough. We can uh, later. When we get you to can TV. do that. You can do that. Yeah. All right, Rick, what's in your bag? Well, the first thing in my bag is actually from Guardians of the Galaxy. And you have another Guardians of the Galaxy title this week. But I love the subtitle of it. No, that's the title of it. Yeah. Best story ever. Number one, and it's it's a one shot. Well, it has to be number one of a one shot. Although it's funny if it's best story ever, number one, and then number two comes out. No, we mean it. This time it is the best story this, ever. This is the best produced Shaggy Dog of a comic I've ever seen. I bought it. Did you read it yet? No. So um, I won't tell you too much other than the fact that it's a story within a story, and the, the fact that they say it's the best story ever is kind of true, but not for the right reason. <laughs> so um, it's definitely a lighter Guardians of the Galaxy is not. 
terribly um, dark or serious, but this one's even less serious than most. I think when they started with Annihilation, it was more serious. Yeah, and, and, definitely. And they've gotten the reputation, especially from the movie. You know, yeah, they're they're a funner book. Uh, there there been fun. some there they've been. I said funner because it's a funner way of saying more fun. Um, there's been yeah, some find your degree and rip it up. There's been some Peter Quill stuff that has been a little darker, especially when he was feeling remorse about ha- having letting Th- Thanos live, and so he was hunting Thanos for a while. That was probably as dark as it's gotten. Um, but uh, this was a this was definitely a. Uh, it's three ninety nine, but I would recommend this one shot book. Well, I I bought it. I bought it. Um, I think uh, I'm going to go with more discoveries out of WonderCon, and they're older books, but they're also smaller publishers, as I said. So mm. I'm going to start. Actually, this one is not necessarily a smaller publisher anymore. They're making a big splash, and we had talked when they relaunched uh, about them vaguely, but this is the first time I really gave them a shot, which is Valiant Publishing which we remember from the 90s in the, the previous Boom, uh, not to be confused with Boom Studios, but uh, but the previous comics collecting Boom. Uh, Valiant was definitely this line launched by Jim Shooter with the uh, Gold Key superheroes as sort of a, a launching point for their superhero universe, which now the Gold Key heroes are sort of in the corner of Dark Horse. Uh, but Valiant relaunched with their non-Gold Key concepts, and an old friend of the podcast and an old friend of mine, Josh Dysart, had relaunched Harbinger. Uh, so I think I ended up with uh, six volumes of Harbinger, a Bloodshot, a Armor Wars, a whole bunch of stuff. But so so far, I've only had a time, time to, to really dive into Harbinger. And it's really good. And I just wanted to call it out. It's taking kind of the themes of the X-Men, but really, you know, what happens if in a real sociopolitical situation... Um, with the corporate world being what it is, people do start popping up with superpowers and they're not always using their powers only for good and they're not costumed. Although, if you remember from the first time around, I I recognize there were character names from the old one. I I haven't read those, obviously, in like 20 years. But um, the character... They were always driving around in a convertible. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's like, I remember a cover that did that. And I I remember names like Toyo Harada and uh, Peter Sanchek was the main the leader of the of the harbingers and um but it is really cool that you know josh did a great job of updating teen characters like the this girl the girl faith who was the the flying character before and she's overweight uh in this one is before her powers activate is definitely a teen girl doing all the blogging and she's been set up people and people fat shame her and she's desperate to get superpowers because of course what has she read twilight and 50 shades of gray and she has a very muddled view of sexuality and it's just it's really it it, i i found everybody real you know and and josh has long been a great writer josh makes it and and so uh i i am so sorry that it's taken me so long to jump on board this so uh i i recommend I'm going to start with Harbinger. I may in a week come back and go, oh, I got into Bloodshot. My God, it was good. You know, so I'm, I'm going to go start with there. Harbinger. Volume 1, Omega Rising. So, Nate, what's next in your bag? Next in my bag, shockingly enough. <laughs> walking can, Dead. It can't be another <laughs> Walking Dead. Saga Chapter 27. Ah, nice. yes. A beautiful tale of a boy and his stuffed animal. 
Gotta catch up. Yeah, no, I bought it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm gonna make Luke organize them all, and then and then say you can't read any of them. Not yet. <laughs> Not you have to earn it. You have to earn it. Not yet. Uh, Three years of indentured servitude, and then you can read it. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so my next book is uh, issue two of The Dying and the Dead, which is a series that I recommended on the basis of yes. the um, huge uh, first issue by Hickman and Bod- Bodenheim. Bodenheim? Bodenheim? Sure. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. We'll go with that. Um, the first one was probably about twice as thick as this for 450. This one's down to 350 and quite a bit slimmer. I also think that uh, it's it's there are certain tropes that Hickman hits on pretty hard. The first one, the probably the biggest one, is the older, experienced person being underestimated by the younger, less experienced person and being like taken out by unexpectedly by them so like real life yeah i i think so but it's it's the way he does it is uh is it's getting a little repetitive for me in some of his oh, books yeah, tell me that with a, a knife pressed to my throat <laughs> i didn't i, I underestimated him um oh god that's that's the worst application of that punchline ever yeah the uh <laughs> the, the the other thing about this is what i found made the first book interesting were all the um all the semi-supernatural or spiritual characters that we, uh-huh. he was walking through, which are almost entirely actually, actually, the one who is in this literally takes a back seat to all the action this week. She literally sits in the back of the car and says nearly nothing until the end of the book. And um, I'm I'm a little let down, right? I'm not going to give up on it yet because it's Hickman and he can usually pull yeah. out of something like this. This may have just been something he had to do to get the characters where he wanted to have something interesting happen. But so far, it's a lot of, it's far too much of the planning of the heist, you know, or whatever it is, or the assembling of the team that's going to plan the heist that's going to deal has with their, it. you know, their bumps in the road of yeah. their career. But uh, still, it's still, if you like the first one, I, I recommend keeping with All this right, one because cool. I'm doing it. All right. <laughs> you should make the same mistakes I do. You keep telling me that. Uh, so, anyway, I, I walked around uh, this time uh, to uh, Top Shelf because I was very much, a, a, my attention was caught by Top Shelf this year because of the brilliant March graphic novels written by John Lewis with art by Nate Powell. And um, so I, I, I was talking to a gentleman there who he acted like we knew each other and. I just because he did recognize my name from sending me emails every week. Uh, it was Chris Staros, the actual publisher of Top Shelf. Uh, so we had a very nice conversation, and I and we were talking about how IDW has bought them, and you know what's it like? How's the difference? And he's like, oh, you know, how much of the infrastructure gets taken over by IDW? So he can focus on finding good books. So I said, you know, well, looking for something for my daughter. So he suggested this young adult graphic novel. Um, in, in the best sense, a love story carried by rolling fog, terminal illness, hallucination, epiphenia, insect armies, etc. by Nate Powell, the artist of March. So I picked this up. It's called Swallow Me Whole. And, uh, you know, my daughter's a big fan of that guy who wrote uh, uh, The Fault in Our Stars, uh, John Green. Right. So uh, John Green novels. So it feels like this is kind of with a little supernatural twist uh, that or paranormal twist that uh, that this would be. Uh, a great gift for her as well and we're always looking for things where you know we know that teen girl readership is up 
what are the books that are going to be intriguing to them? And it's beautiful. It's twenty dollars for this hard. This cover. was twenty dollars. This was twenty bucks. I was just going to say I was going to comment on the quality of the binding. Well, I know I like it's a linen linen finish. I like finish. to hand these things to you because I know that you are a binding man. I am. I'm a book binding and construction man. That is an amazingly well crafted book. I cry when I see those coming from smaller presses, <laughs> and I think about the kind of crap that comes out of Marvel and DC when they do the hardbacks. I am not kidding. I, am, no, I know. But I, I'm just thinking, for listeners, when you, if you just thought, how much nerdier can they get? We just crossed the Rubicon. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I have, I have a pot, I have a blog called um, uh, book, book Judgment. Book Judgment. Bookjudgment.com, where I write about bookbinding and 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 book production values. It's we're judging the book by its cover. Right. And I, I am a book nerd. And this is, and it's beyond what just reading them. It's appreciating the way they're manufactured. This is a marvelously well put together book. It's amazing they're selling this for twenty dollars, and it puts to shame so top. much else in the publishing and, industry. And, what, and top shelf does <laughs> top shelf work. No, I mean, you know, I bought another one called Far Arden that I picked up really because it looked like a big little book. Yeah, it was it's a little oversized. Fall Far Arden. Arden. And it's a whaling story, oh. I think. I haven't read it yet, but I just bought it because... You wanted to buy a big little book. Because it looked like a big little book. <laughs> and I couldn't spend the 100 bucks on the Flash Gordon one from 1935. So you are my people. You bought that strictly because of the form it was in. Oh, my God. This is the last podcast. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> don't put that as the title because then people will think it's serious. <laughs> this is the last podcast. I was about to write that down. No, don't. Uh, so what's next in your bag, Nate? Save this. Uh, I don't know if this is from this week or last week, but I it is too. the final issue of Ultimate Spider-Man. Miles Morales, Ultimate Spider-Man. But right. it's okay. He's that an was Avenger. This, I think that was this week. Yeah. I it's the it one with his face kind of yeah. half disappearing yeah, on the cover. Half a Looking face like a convergence month, issue. I'm pretty sure this, that was this week. Yeah. It's okay. I haven't read it yet. Yeah. But, uh, He's going to live... Yeah, I know he's I an sure Avenger. I sure hope so because I like I like the character. Yeah, they'd be fools to to let him go. They really would. Yeah, no, they're not fools. Yeah, we can say a lot of things about people at Marvel. They ain't no fools. But you know who they could let go entirely of the entire Ultimate Universe X Men. The whole oh, don't lot worry. of them. Yes. They will be gone. <laughs> they yeah. will be gone. Yeah. Yeah. It's again. It's sort of like your thing with Jonathan Hickman, Ultimate Universe X Men. One of Robert Kirkman's rare missteps. Yeah, you know, it's, he's right. The whole Kirkman manifesto. He's got passion for everything when it's his. Hmm. You know, but his work in Marvel singularly uninteresting. Yeah. So yeah, totally. Next in your bag, Rick. So the singularly next- uninteresting Marvel Zombies. Oh, Walking Dead with superpowers. So it was a it was a hit. I want to I want to say. I know you got these over here, over there too. I just yeah, we, I we should just we should just take your and my next slots to talk about this. This is this being DC convergence. I'm going to take your slot. Go ahead and talk about it. Okay, so convergence. So now we've had issue one. Yes. Which followed last week's issue zero, mm-hmm. and then there were eleven or twelve, depending on how you count them. I think there were eleven additional titles this week i'm not sure I of which i bought th- i bought two aside from convergence of one right um i almost regret buying the two that i bought and i'm finding convergence just to be a hot mess of 
of their of them throwing everything into the bucket and that might not be a bad thing except for they are they are just it's art artlessly throwing everything into the bucket they've got a giant threat all of the monitor all of the negative whatever they were they they are referencing by title all of the events that occurred over and over again they're stealing from Stephen King's the dome under the dome um the the it's it's and and it's it's such a forced secret wars of all these I, I agree multiverse with all of that. i agree with all of that so i bought zero and one this week and i and those are the two books i read i have not read any of the crossovers i bought several because they're art team they're creative teams i like they're they're takes yeah. on versions of the characters that i love there I are moments that are good but what I found, in particular in issue one, uh, well, in, in both zero and one, setting up a villain that I don't really understand his motivation. Right. But what I seem to get out of it is, I've seen this a dozen times before. You tell me how this kind of quasi-brainiac brainiac is different from the Beyonder. Right. Trying to understand. Um, actually, he's so no, mysterious. I, I take that back. It, it is what the monitor was doing. Yeah, it, you know, was testing heroes against each other from different worlds, uh, and then there was the one uh, Keith Champagne wrote uh, during Fifty Two, um, where they pitted alternate universes against each other. And I can't remember what the name of the series was. I'm sorry, Keith, because uh, I thought you did a good job with it. It was just, you know, it, it's again you see these characters fighting each other for the sake of fighting each other and only one can live and of course you know they're going to circumvent that they're going to figure that out and then at the end of it but it doesn't even feel like it's really a threat to as they keep calling it earth O, earth or original um it is a model in its presentation and you know i i i I hate to say it i'll still probably buy that supergirl one because of the ambush bug appearance Um, I will too, and I'll, I'll, I'll maybe hit one or two others. But I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to take a much closer look before I pick up any of the crossovers. Yeah, and I don't know that I care for the main book anymore, especially at five bucks a pop. Yeah, the the um, now was zero way better than one. No, I mean no. zero was even less coherent than one because it was like Superman just kind of bouncing around through continuity and thought and it felt almost like a muddle of the the death of superman issue. it was a true zero in the terms of it was like this is what we're gonna do yeah if you know who these images are right and to charge 4.99 for that i consider that criminal yeah i mean the superman showed up i picked i, I wasn't gonna buy superman i flipped through the covers i saw oh it's the superman from flashpoints in this that was an interesting character concept. Yeah. Nothing happens with him. Nothing. He's just like out of the shadows. And Batman and Robin, you know, I, I'm going to read anything that's Batman and Robin, right? The Robin wasn't draw, written or drawn like Damien. I mean, just did not have any Damien flair to it at all. Well, I'm sorry. It's Ron Mars, and he's not a bad writer. But you know what? I picked up something this week. Oh, I picked up Batman and Robin Annual because it's Tomasi. Yeah. Tomasi's written Damien the Damien that I love, and this is, even though he's not the creator of the character, he's the guy that got the voice down. That's interesting to me. Yeah, yeah. So I picked that up as an extra book. I did not pick that up, the Convergence crossover for Batman and Robin. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to end with uh, with this before we move on to movies, so just one one more. Uh, a, a 
a collection that has just come out from Boom Studios. I bought the hardcover and got it autographed. Bryce Carlson and Vanessa R. Del Rey. Uh, a book called Hit. 1955 in the subtitle 1955 because they are going to um there's another there's a sequel hit that's kind of, i think in 62 or 63 i'll be picking that up too but it's a really good noir crime book from in the 50s and i love the artwork and i loved the covers uh and it was kind of one of those where I, where I accidentally missed an issue at the store and i went okay you know i'm just gonna wait i'm gonna buy the nice collection it's full cl- full color for noir which usually no, these days well, they, they do like a coloring. blue tint mostly well, well there is and uh you know it, it it's uh it's a pretty good oh and there's a short story uh and all kinds of extra cover gallery cover gallery all the whole thing so um you know this is cool and it's it's like an old library book there's no slip cover, but it's, you know, it's a very subtly done. So I just want to pull that out because, you know, um, Boom had put that, you know, push comics forward thing. And they really are, as a lot of publishers are. I don't want to, you know, un- give Boom undue credit, but they do quality work. But, you know, again, so is uh, IDW doing some interesting stuff. And that, that's why I wanted to do the WonderCon things because when you don't have DC or Marvel there, you do get to pay attention to titles that you might not have ordinarily so do you remember how much this was uh that was 25 okay for that binding um i'll admit i don't think quite as str- strongly you got it personalized i did mm. i always get them personalized nice. because they are you know uh bryce is an acquaintance from a while back and uh you know it, it's no i mean i don't think it's any necessarily secret i've pitched to boom i've pitched to bryce before and you know um he's a nice guy and uh so and he's a really good writer, and this is a really good book, so I, I highly recommend. Uh, so let's uh, move on to movie news, uh, and it is getting a little later, uh, so I think we can get through there. Movies, we finally have a f- officially from Marvel Studios a look at the Vision. A character poster was released this week. What do you guys think of the look? I'm trying to find it on the web right now. It's hot. Is it hot? It's a hot one. It's a hot look. I, I, I like it. It's probably it, it's it's close. There are a few differences from the comic book costume, and of course everything looks a little overly mechanized. But you know, I think it's it's good, and I think that the uh, he looks a lot like the Vision. There is no question. If you are a fan, that uh, is that it. That is that is the one that's actually. I think that was in a like on a Honda website or something. There was a weird, uh, but but that is essentially what the character looks like. Yeah. Uh, looks a lot like the vision to me, so yep. I'm happy with that. Uh, what I think we're not going to be happy with uh, is the thing. We got a full uh, Fox released. Uh, I love that they they released a bunch of promotional shorts online. They're like, why Miles Teller was right to play Mister Fantastic? Why Jamie Bell was right? And we're like, well, what else are you gonna say? Hey, <laughs> we screwed up. So here's. <laughs> You know, and, and again, this is my state of journalism thing, and it, and it really ticks me off that it's leaking over the real world. The mainstream journalism is this lazy too. It's like you run those without any commentary and just go, yeah, Miles Teller would be good. He looks like he looks like Clayface during during the California drought. Well, here's the thing: that's CG, yeah, and that's what's irritating about it is it doesn't look that different from what they put Michael Chiklis in. And that was a suit. Right. Um, right. I will defend one choice they made, which is I've read a lot of people going, where's the, where are the brows? 
I'm like, okay, look, whether you put a guy in a suit or you're trying to make you make a person convinced that there's a living person inside those rocks, right? The eyes are the key to everything, and if you put the heavy brow that he is drawn with over the, um, you know, so however, even without the brow, his eye sockets are pits. Oh, that's it's terribly lit. Um, gee, one more thing where they've gotten wrong, but I'm, I'm just saying it would be even worse if you, uh, if you had, uh, you know, bleep that use of word I use, right? Uh, that they, that it would be even worse if he had the heavy brows. So I understand choosing to pull that back as a character design, but I still, I don't care what Fox, you know, I always am willing to believe that anything can happen. It's conceivable that the Fantastic Four could be. An entertaining film, an interesting film. There's just nothing about it that has gotten me excited. No, I'm, I'm the other problem besides just the brow, and besides that he looks too much like Korg from uh, the Thor movie. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, is that instead of looking like he looks like a pile of rocks in the shape of a man, There's as nothing... opposed to a man. With rock skin. Yeah, there's nothing to delineate musculature underneath. There's no separation. There's a slight separation, but it looks more like he's cracking and about to fall apart. Well, he's right. Korg then. You know, he's yeah. really a stone man from Saturn, or he's rock from Galaxy Quest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the big pebble monster. With a better face. Uh, so, you know, that's 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 disappointing. Um uh, we we take you to the little James Bond news. Daniel Craig suffered a knee injury, but is apparently back on the set. This just in. So there, apparently there was a little concern that Spectre might get delayed. Uh, we do need to do a special episode with Sal, and maybe we just do a little, you know, Sal, would you go ahead and just Sal Bizarro from the Mercury News, uh, who's a big Bond fan, say, Sal, you and Rick have 20 minutes to discuss who's <laughs> the best Bond while I go have a cigarette. I don't even smoke, but I'll go have a cigarette. Right. Uh, you know, You'll have a martini. Or, you know, oh, I've got to say. No, when uh, Sal, no, no, no. When Sal comes on, we'll have a martini night. Okay. It'll be a martini, I a martini podcast. At, at Big Wow, uh, not, I'm sorry, at WonderCon, um, there's Super Emo Friends. Have you seen the, that artist? No. I can't remember his, his name, but um, he draws these little cartoony, chibi versions, kind of chibi versions uh, of superheroes with sort of... Um, you know, very depressed. Like there's a Batman and they're all looking down and they're all sad. Mm-hmm. Very cutesy. And there's Batman who says, I have no parent. My parents are dead. And then the Robin one says, so are mine. And Nightwing says, so are mine. And there was, and there's like, and there's a David Tennant as, as the doctor and he's crying and he says, I didn't want to go. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and it's cute. The James Bond one, I hadn't seen it before. He's been in a couple of shows, and, and he, he exhibits at Earth 2. They sell his work. The James Bond one, he has the martini glass down, and he says, it was stirred. <laughs> <laughs> and it killed me. I, I, That's I, great. <laughs> that was fantastic. Seeing James Bond Jay as a little... Salvador. I don't know what his first name is, or her first name. His. I, I've met him. We've talked to him. Uh, because he's friends with Carr, and uh, and and they sell his work at Earth too. Uh, but yes, it, and it's fantastic. It is. It is hilarious stuff. I think. Uh, yeah, uh, I, he might even be at Big Wow. So if uh, it's possible, I think he's been at Big Wow before. So 
he may be again. He is he is hilarious. His work is brilliant. So that's it. Let's go to uh, TV with I think big something that's sort of in a way to me long overdue with its potential. Uh, that San Diego Comic Con is in a partnership with Lionsgate for an online channel. And as uh, I think, isn't the HBO where you don't need cable is going to launch next month? Or is it already launching? I think it's already launched. Okay. So we know that's happening in the age of Netflix and Hulu Plus and the CBS content one and you don't need cable anymore. It is high time. Um, I think they're not talking about it yet, but this is a solution for convention. You could put stream panels online and everything you'd have as Morgan Spurlock predicted a few years ago after releasing the Comic-Con documentary that... um, you could do virtual cons. People. They might they might as well because it all ends up on uh, YouTube anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. And, uh, the only thing that they don't uh, put up on YouTube are the uh, film premiere uh, previews right. and, and special. Right. And then and so this is a place for it. But it's also a place for fan films and short films yeah. and, you know, to. That makes a lot of sense. Go in. So, you could do specials too, like walk the floor kind of stuff. Right. Right. So I think this is it's a great idea. I, I will be fascinated to see what they do with it. Uh, don't quite know what the name of it is going to be yet. We already know that, unfor- you know, fortunately or unfortunately, Wizard World already took the name Con TV. So what uh, will San Diego Comic-Con be? You know, if they were smart, they'd make deals with... San Diego Comic-Con TV. Yeah. It's pretty long to type no, out. No, they make deals with the networks because... SDCC TV. Oh, okay. After the, after the networks show whatever they're doing on Comic-Con, like uh, Spike TV does stuff, yeah. and they never show that again. So if you put it into a channel that's just about Comic Con, yeah, yeah, you could you could possibly be able to lift I, I, stuff I, I like that. I would like to make there one, is one exception. The TV Guide channel does show their Comic Con special all through the year. Oh, they do because months at the year that I was doing the Greatest American Hero, yeah, um, I was caught in a shot. Like I think they were interviewing. Are you, yeah, they, were caught, they were they were interviewing Bill. I think for something, and I was behind like you know selling a book. Yeah, and uh, and yeah, I'm in it, and so. I would get yeah emails and calls. Just and saw you on like, TV. Well, oh, three months later, my mom said, "I just saw you last night. What is going on? You know, you're here. You and, were nowhere near San Diego." Yeah, it's like okay, yeah. Uh, I make it sound like my mother's ninety. It, it, she's not. Uh, but anyway, uh, so that was interesting. Uh, and at Big Wild this weekend, Danielle Panabaker, who is the actress who plays uh, the assigned. Uh, and I always forget the secret identity of Killer Frost, but has been there all season as a helper of, uh, of Barry Allen. Yeah. Uh, is she spoiled herself that she will be Killer Frost before the end of the season? And, of course, that we're going to get parallel universes. We're going to get so much fan service in uh, on The Flash that it's just... Uh, didn't... didn't um in the original Firestorm, didn't she get created at the same time as Firestorm did? It was the same accident? I don't think so. I thought that, that, no, that, though it that was, she blamed it was him for no. something. No, she was an ex-lover of uh, Martin Stein. Martin Stein's. Yeah, yeah, but in this case, she's Ronnie's girlfriend. So right, right. It's now you know it'll have a completely different origin. It and will. There've I been, mean, and there've been three Killer Frosts because I think she was originally killed in Crisis. Hmm. Uh, so we shall see what happens. Um, but you know, there's the a lot. Killer of- Frost names have been Crystal Frost. That was the first one. Mm-hmm. Louise Lincoln. That was the second one. Mm-hmm. Caitlin Snow is the third one. She's the third one. Hmm. She's Caitlin Snow on the Flash. Um, and I've seen some headlines referring to Cisco as Vibe, 
So don't know if, uh-huh, if he's going to uh-huh. get to become Vibe by the end of the season and have a better costume than them. Will really. he get to name himself? <sighs> of course he will. <laughs> um, that's my favorite part about Cisco. It's yeah. like, I've got all these names. Uh, you know, and we'll see more Grodd. There was a there was a trailer that showed yes. a bit of Grodd. Yes. Uh, you know, Kylie, what a fantastic show. And you know, we, I think it was off the air we talked about Mark Hamill as the trickster last week was just so... Now, that was footage from the original... From the original yes. TV show. Yes, uh, yes. Flash show. Yeah, that was that was marvelously done. And it was, he wasn't doing a Joker voice, but he was doing it cl- as close as you want to get no, without but now when you imitating. see him live action, in particular when they had that sort of like weird Hannibal Lecter intro for yes. him. And there's a movie called Sushi Girl where he plays a hitman uh, that I really want to see because he's supposed to be really good in that. And... He was so creepy as that, so that wasn't the fun trickster. And then he kind of got to be the fun he trickster, got there one, once even he the psychotic. The yeah, son. but but uh, but yeah, that beginning is for just like yes, Mark, you're very that is very creepy. And oh, and that turn was like what? I mean, he acted it well. It was a great episode, great episode, right? So, um, and then a big story today, and it's in games. Uh, I really had no idea this was coming. Oh, before we leave TV. What? Nate and I oh, have to discuss. Oh, you got to stop walking dead. I'm sorry. I got to go smoke a cigarette. Nathan. No. <laughs> Nathan. Yes. Nathan. So we haven't, we have not discussed this season at all. No, we haven't. And this has been one of the, one of the more interesting plot lines in the book that I felt they kind of rushed. Well, they changed up quite a bit, but they rushed through a bit in, in that it's only half a season. Your, right. your thoughts on that? I agree. Um, the, the, I mean, the, I know a lot of fans are like, oh, when are you going to have this and this and this from the book? It's like, well, there are 140 issues so far of the book. You don't need to jump right to what just happened. You can take your time getting there. But they've. This was the. They find a community that's behind uh, substantial enough walls. Yeah, that um, they've been protected from the zombies, and they they have not developed skills for dealing with the zombies. They send they send a couple of kind of ineffectual weirdos out to deal with them, and they're. You wonder how long how they lasted so long before the effective yeah, exactly. guys got there, and then they die almost immediately. Um, but that plot line in the comic was so much so much more interesting. Yeah. And I feel, felt like this was an incredible waste of a of a really good plot twer- turn that didn't really solid up into good storytelling into like this the last three episodes maybe just the last two. Um, yeah, I mean, they definitely kind of rushed over things, and it was more interesting in the comic, but it looks like it's going to be different from the comic in that they have the. Uh, the walkers with the W's on their head. Yeah. And, and the return of Morgan at the most inopportune time. Now, did we, did, this was when, at the end of that, this one in the comics was when we got the introduction to Negan, right? Right. Uh, or at least his thugs and, um, right. You had the, uh, the, the, the whole belt, the sniper in the bell tower and, um, the breaching of the wall, the walls, mm-hmm. the walls not being as substantial as they thought they were, and of course you got people crawling over the walls, like every twenty minutes in the show, right? 
Right, exactly. Um, I did like what they were doing with... Uh, so Walking Dead became the American Attack on Titan? If not not too far gone. You know, I mean, the, aside from the fact that uh, the that was funny to three people, by the way. Yeah, no, I think I think it's been maybe four or five. Okay. Um, Let me explain that joke because all the critics call <laughs> Attack on Titan the Japanese Walking Dead. Right, right. Um, Carl and his uh, his Spring Awakening mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. the uh, with I, I love the line. Where she says, uh, "Oh, you're afraid of me too." That's good. <laughs> that was that was my entire um, elementary school uh, <laughs> summed up in one sentence. Um, I don't know the the the, um, the W folk. It, the W folk doesn't seem to work for me because you have the zombies with the W's on them. Right. You have the wolves. Or at least we know of two wolves, self-identified right. wolves that have W's on them, and they're bringing people in to turn into zombies to be part of that trap. Right. But is that where are the rest of the wolves, and why do all these zombies have W's on them? And yeah, they, and that trap seems itself. just to be made there to make the trap bigger. You know, that everybody yeah. you throw in there turns into a zombie, and then the trap gets more. But I don't know. I'm just not seeing. Maybe there'll be some really concrete reason why that all works that way. Yeah. Um, kind of got the uh, the answer to what was it with that uh, that uh, car full of torsos in the first episode. Yeah, that's all weird. Yeah. Weird stuff. Yeah. And I didn't think um, it had some moments, but it didn't have the creep factor. I wasn't as... There, there are times when I, I just hit pause on Walking Dead because I just go... I, I know what's coming up, and I don't feel like going through it right now. <laughs> and I I think I was able to watch all these straight through. With if only life worked that way. The only time that the only time that was that was uh, really like uh, oh boy, I think we're going to lose two main characters right now was when um, uh, Norman Reedus's character uh, was in the car. Was in the car. What's his, his character's name? Daryl. Daryl. Daryl and the 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 greeter um, from the village were in the car. Aaron. And the, the uh, I wanted. I haven't watched any of. I haven't this year. I haven't watched any of the Talking Dead between episodes. I wanted to watch it without that commentary. I'm going to go back and watch those now. Mm-hmm. But I am thinking that most of the most of the faces there were like puppets or not necessarily actors that were just kind of rubbed up and down on the glass. I don't know that Could they be. covered that. Okay, <laughs> but they, they, a lot of them look like you couldn't really do the facial um, movements. Yeah, that way. I don't know. It it it, uh, it wasn't totally unsatisfying, but I think it was a, a wasted uh, a wasted thing to have pushed into the last part of this season. And um, I would have liked to have seen them taking a whole season for what they tried to do in just these last seven episodes. Right. Well, uh, yeah. Did you guys? Yeah, I would like a longer burn. I yeah. guess. Did you guys see Saturday Night Live this weekend with uh, uh, Daryl Dixon? Well, Norman Reedus showed up. I um, I've got it recorded. I haven't watched it yet. Uh, yeah, me too. Is it, to me that, that that speaks to the amazing cultural impact of Walking Dead that it was 
were the huge pop that Daryl Dixon walked out onto onto the Weekend Update set. Yeah. So, uh, granted, on a Michael Keaton episode, very strong episode, by the way, very much so. Uh, rumor is that Negan has been cast, and it's John Hamm. So interesting. Uh, that's rumor. That yeah. you know, we're not. Uh, that is a rumor because I've also. I mean, people have been talking about. Henry Rollins, Andrew Dice Clay. Oh, Henry Rollins would be an awesome Negan. I could, uh, not knowing Negan, I could see that Henry, Henry Rollins might. Uh, I don't know that Andrew Dice Clay would. He's actually developing a sitcom right now. So I don't think that one's a... I don't tr- think he can be serious for more than one second either. Yeah. I don't well, know Negan, about that. Well, Negan's got a little bit of a prankster in him, in a kind of a... He's a not intimidating. Yeah, but Rollins, Rollins said he'd just be awesome. Yeah. Well, now we have your dream. I mean, you know, yeah. Spider-Man's joining the Avengers in the movies, so, you know, it's quite possible. That possible we get. <laughs> anything Rick says will be true. The Brett Schneider genie. Put that lamp down. That is a lamp, right? I'm polishing it anyway. Oh, see, there you are again. That's not a knife. Uh, so the last thing I want to talk about tonight is gaming news, because I, again, had no idea this was gonna this was happening. And it's sort of, the track of it this morning is more like people are going, what? It's again, bad journalism. You know, like it apparently got leaked. <laughs> Complete with jazz hands. With ja- well, you got it. Uh, bad journalism is always, eh, give them the old razzle dazzle. That's 15 seconds worth. Not, uh, not actionable. That wasn't even five seconds worth. Yeah, not actionable. That's what I, my point is. Um, that apparently on Reddit this morning, they leaked uh, this thing about this Lego Dimensions game. And it's clearly planned clever of them game system really game system well yeah i mean how would you call it because it's not it's i guess a system is different than a platform because it's on all the platforms right but yes like disney infinity like skylanders it is what a a new genre this is the first time i've actually seen the name toys to life Hmm. so (laughs) it sounds like it sounds like oh, a thug. Uh, oh, uh, they will kill you when you sleep. Yes. Uh, they get up and, and we, the ancient Egyptians believed in this too, you know. But, uh, but see where they are. <laughs> mummified. And, uh, and falling apart in brick by brick. And uh, so anyway, it leaked on Reddit. So brilliantly played because you know, like an hour later, it's not only is it, uh, you know, everybody <laughs> knows about Lego Dimensions, but they've already got the promo film announcing it. You and know, pre-order on Amazon. And, and, and that took a little later to, longer to show up, uh, but it did. Uh, so Lego Dimensions, like like Infinity, like Skylanders. Like, uh, what's the nin- Nintendo one called again? Pop? Oh, Amiibo. Yes, Amiibo. the Amiibos. But see, there's the difference. Amiibo, as I understand it, Amiibo, you can use the figures. They're not necessary for the game. Right, right. They're, and, they go they're into a a, and they go into a variety of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Super Smash Brothers being... I'd say the most obvious one, but I can't remember. My son is into it, has a few. I've never seen him play it, but, you know, uh, I think Jason Salazar has some too. But they're basically a memory accessory for right. for the device. Right. The difference with, with Lego is that you do actually have to build Legos. Well, as you pointed out to me before, you don't have to, but yes, you do. Come on. Um, Wouldn't it be cool if they broke? If one little Lego fell off, it would it just go. working. <laughs> yeah, nope. You got to build it better. You got to build <laughs> it better. Uh, so I see that as a selling point to other people, but it is pricier. It's it's ninety nine ninety nine, and uh, Infinity and Skylanders have never had a price point higher as a starter set of greater than seventy nine ninety nine. Yeah. Let's call it eighty. It's a hundred bucks for Lego. Um, and it comes with Gandalf, 
Uh, it comes with Batman. Wild and it comes style. With Wild style. Now, the interesting thing in the launch trailer is that Elizabeth Banks is the voice of Wildstyle and Will Arnett is the voice of Batman. So what people are speculating now is, oh, they shelled out and they might actually be voicing their characters throughout the game. The Gandalf voice is pretty good. Very good. Very good Ian McKellen. I just don't think it's Ian McKellen. Yeah. Because they've had, they have a line of Lord of the Rings uh, Lego games uh, and Hobbit. Because uh, my son got the Hobbit as well. Um, and they've had a very good Ian McKellen sound alike for quite some time. So, uh, don't but, you get the idea though that if you went to Will Arnett and said uh, we're gonna we need a Batman voice, he's just like, okay, where, <laughs> where, where do I have to be at what time? Well, I don't know if this is true because I, I, I couldn't tell. It, I didn't rewatch, but when they did Everything Is Awesome on the Oscars, yeah, uh, I read that that was Will Arnett in the bat suit doing his solo line from the song. You know, parents dead, money <laughs> makes it better. You know, whatever uh, whatever yeah. the line is, uh, because it's not in the single, which I, I don't have on my iPhone. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> Uh, you know, so yeah, he's excited and he is voicing the, they're doing a solo Lego Batman movie. Um, and he's, he'll be the voice there. But the thing that makes this interesting is this is almost now like these IPs are, are facing off. Right. So you've had it's Activision. Like, this is the secret wars. Disney, this is the this conversions. Is, it's, not, it's not very secret. Um, it, cause you know, Disney infinity, we're at 2.0 has Marvel. Um, I've said it before. I have reason to believe I'm even redder than before. I mean, but actually, way back when, when they launched Disney One Infinity, the first one, there was a guy at Disney who said, oops, no, yes, Star Wars is coming. So Star Wars is going to be... Di- is and they've got Pixar and they've got all the other it's Disney gonna properties. It's going to be 3.0. Yeah. So, um, you know, so you're going to have Star Wars into the mix with the Marvel superheroes and the, and the Disney characters. Okay, so that's one side. Over here, you've got Lego. Now, I know we might want something more serious than the blocky minifig f- versions um but that's okay but but it's interesting what ips they're pulling in so you do have the dc universe mm-hmm. i've already seen online there's a wonder woman set if you look at the trailer uh there is a shot of metropolis so clearly you know basically Superman, and yeah. uh, and cyborg cyborg is available as a as an extra character too right um, he's in there was a set no, he's one of the, he's the fun set, the character and a okay. prop. So yeah, yeah. they're divided into three things. There's there's level sets, and the level set that I've seen online so far, and I'm sure there are going to be more, uh, is Back to the Future. Mm-hmm. So you get Marty, you get the guitar, you get the DeLorean, and the hoverboard, and the hoverboard. Right. So uh, you have to build those things. You have to, Rick. The the hoverboard is a bunch <laughs> of there's a bunch of stuff there that's well, it's clear brick, so it'll look like it, it's like it hovers. It's not clear. It, Some it, of them are. It looks like it's like a projector or something to go underneath the hoverboard or something. It's like it's probably weaponized. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the, the, there's not the, that I've looked at it really close. There's the level pack. Liar. The the level pack is what I would say is probably like what they call the 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 play sets mm-hmm. in Infinity, which is it's a it's another level, another land uh, with its own mini games and so forth in there. Uh, which Infinity ha- 2.0 has upped that with a little disc games. There's a lot more variety in how you can get into challenges. That's where the characters level as well. Right, I mean, right, right. So, and that may be and get more well, but it, seem, it seems at this point that that's how you get the only way you can get back to the future stuff. It probably sets up that, that town and the clock tower is probably in there and something mm-hmm. involved. Uh, Lord of the Rings, which again, we, we knew. So, so which is a new line. So that's been Warner for a while on screen. So there you have, I mean, Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars. It's interesting. Uh, and again, you might want to see 
more serious looking sculpts than minifigs, but it is what it is. And and I and I think if you've got if you go into Target, I've seen that there are these weird iPad games or systems with figures for DC and I can't remember what other what other ones I've seen. But there's nothing about them that seems it hasn't caught no, on. No. So this is the way to do it. But in addition, there's also Wizard of Oz, so the MGM movie. You can have all of those. Although, again, the only set I've seen so far is Wicked Witch and the Flying Monkey together as a play set, fun pack, fun you know, fun set, uh, two figures, and uh, Ninjago, which is very popular with kids. Uh, it's a it is a Lego franchise, which is also getting a theatrical movie, and it's not a bad TV series. It's kind of uh, again, it's got a very deep mythos, and it's kind of it's kind of cool. Uh, but again, with Back to the Future, that's a universal film. Hmm. So I'm going to bet, unannounced, is that we're going to see Jurassic World. And you're going to have Lego dinosaurs. Because if Universal is entering there, and that's why I say this is the war is coming. Yeah. Universal isn't going to build its own system. We shall see. If you, if you really count, as, you, as you're saying, Nintendo's Amiibo system. And the flaw in Amiibo is... You have to have the Nintendo platform. The brilliant thing about Skylanders, Disney Infinity, and now I will assume Lego. it's Lego. Oh, yeah. It's because all, it says it's it not has all the different platforms on it. So this is what kids can do. I've said this is brilliant. If, you, if, if your friend, say if Doug Garrett has a Wii U and you have your PS3 or your, let's say you have the Xbox One. Okay. Yeah. And you have your Xbox One, but you want to play Monsters University at at Doug's house, and you take your Sully, your Sully knows everything on his system that it knew on your system. Yes. And and so we... It's a memory stick, essentially. So I want yeah. you all... You take all the glamour and the <laughs> magic out of it. Uh, because if you're it's eight... It's a magic memory stick. If you're eight... You're bringing your action figures over and playing, sure. and you're playing in a virtual in a virtual world. And he suddenly do, he doesn't lose the abilities that he had. So it, it, it's a brilliant system. Again, at a hundred bucks, I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people are going to go right out the gate. I'm I'm going to try really hard to resist because you know another iteration comes out, um, and the previous one goes down. And for how much I've been able to play Disney 2.0, uh, I kind of Infinity 2.0, I kind of wish I had the guts to have waited because prices drop and sales are going on all oh, the yeah. time. I definitely wouldn't buy at launch anymore because. You know, it'll drop. I don't know if I want to drop a hundred, but it's seventy. But we're all trained to to try and get it launched because you're afraid something's going to sell out and not be reproduced again. But that has not been the case on anything. That has stuff. been a case with the amiibos. It has. They okay. have discontinued. Yeah, I read so. about that. There's been there there were a couple that were rarer than others, yeah. harder to get, and yeah, and Nintendo just doesn't get it. There was a there was an article about how Nintendo. Uh, is finally going to open up some of their IP to other gaming systems. Yes, they're they're going to go to PC, I think. Well, and they're going to go to phones. Ah, yes, There's that's gonna right. There's going to be that's like right. uh, Super Mario Brothers. Uh, su- uh, yeah, Super Mar- the first Super Mario Brothers is going to have a phone app. Yeah, they should have years ago. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's always been the weakness to Nintendo. I I, I would agree with you 100. Um, percent So you know it'll be interesting. Whereas there are things that are hard of like Crystal Mickey got released for Disney Infinity 2.0. And it got very hard to find it. I see there's still a a, a a row for it at Toys R Us. But I after the first one, first time I saw it, and I bought one for Luke, and I didn't mm-hmm. buy one for myself. You know, I hadn't seen it in a store since, except actually last weekend at WonderCon. Went to Disneyland, and 
they had it in uh, off the page. Okay. Uh, you know, so they have a big infinity section, and oh, there's Crystal Mickey. And you don't get much, as much of a discount with your annual pass for electronics, but it was enough so that even with their markup, it was it, it still balanced out to how much I would have spent at Toys R Us. So you know, yeah. it was you know, I don't care where it came from, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so I got my Crystal Mickey in case anybody was worried about it. Uh, so I mean, it will be interesting to see what uh, Dimensions does. But that they included Joel McHale in the launch was uh, fascinating, and I will fix. By the time this podcast is up, it'll all be fixed, right? That apparently my my copy and paste pasted the wrong dang link in. So there's an extended trailer that's about five and a half minutes, and apparently I... I It'll be fixed to, before they see this. I know, but I, 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 this. I admit to my sins. Okay. Uh, so You're absolved. Oh, thank you. I'm a bishop, too. So that... Bri- what? Oh, no, don't <laughs> say that. Oh, Lord. You offend me on a couple of different past faiths. I'm uh, succeeding. Uh, is that what you want to do? All right. So, anyway, uh, that brings us to the end. If you've got uh, questions, commentary, compliments, criticism, you just want to tell us we're doing a good job, or tell us we're a bad job, hey, we're funny, hey, you're not funny, whatever, just write in to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, we do want to remind you that by the time you hear this, we will be at Big Wow. So, if you're in San Jose and you're attending the Big Wow Comic Fest, take a look Take a look for us. We'll be around. Uh, Rick has put up, put together some pretty spanky uh, badge IDs for us. So you know, usually when we go, we have Just look our- at everyone's chest to see if they have Fanboy Planet on it. and That's it. You still made that sound vaguely wrong. Did I? Yeah, it's not your fault. Vaguely. It's, just, it's, it, it's kind of a motif that's been running through. So... Uh, that's not a badge. All right. So anyway, uh, we'll be there. So we look forward to come up, up and say hi. I think I'm actually going to be playing comedy sports that night in downtown San Jose as well. I, not positive, but uh, you know. So there's that. So you go to see go see Derek on stage. On stage, right? And then you can see me on the twentieth at uh, at Shakespeareans playing Buckingham in Richard the Third at Cafe Stretch, which is one of our favorite restaurants in downtown. And uh, so. Anyway, uh, that's it. I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Dave Casa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. good. Thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.thegreatlukeski.com. The power of brains compels you. Okay, I think we got this down. (laughs) (laughs) Fanboy. Well, Ronnie Raymond's girlfriend, the one that's right. the scientist has been helping Barry all along, right. she'll become Car- right. It's Ronnie Frost. Raymond's girlfriend. She'll become Killer Frost by the end of the season. Interesting. So uh, that was an evil character. And then we shall talk about Lego Dimensions. And then we shall all go home. Cool. She spoilers herself, saying she'll become evil. Yes. Foolish. No, you know what's weird is I don't know if you saw they they released a, the tra- the trailer that they showed at WonderCon and I posted it. 
And there's a character in that I was like, oh, it's kind of a kind of a real world sort of take on Queen Bee. And then I read, and they said, no, it's Bug Eyed Bandit. This is a woman, and she's threatening with bees. I'm like, well, then she's Queen Bee. No, she's the Bug Eyed Bandit. I'm like, mm, could have been written by somebody who doesn't know. Yeah, <laughs> you know. So. But then with one of those ridiculous villains like Queen Bee, I, I don't I don't want a real world world version. I want an alien empress who's gonna turn all the men into drones. Sure. Let's on that note, let's start. Let's. Nate. One moment. I'm I'm about to swallow my yeah, there's, food. There's a lot of extra noise coming off of you. There sure is. <laughs> I can do nothing about it. I'm ready when you are. In three, two, one. Ooh, listen up, fanboy. I'm Dave Costa. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder, reminding you to use, use your, your powers, powers only for good. That's good powers. <laughs> Unlike the TV show. Uh, so...